another day, another opportunity to be a little bit better than we were yesterday. That's all we really ask for. For those joining us for the first time, welcome. Just a service announcement. If you're ever joining us for the first time, don't worry about the fact that we're down the road. We always sort of find a way to circle around. So welcome whenever you are. Question yesterday about what it means by on demand by noon. Um, those who are on the WhatsApp groups that we have for this show, and usually posts the video for the show, you know, within an hour by like 10. Um, and we put it on our platforms at noon. So if you are getting it anyway, um, that's sort of how we do it. Nine is live, 10 is the WhatsApp groups, and then, 11, and then 12 is uh, Instagram and, pin and all that other fun stuff. You've been talking a while about empowerment and happiness. And we're trying to really zero in on why is it that being empowered and being happy is the, is the prerequisite to success. Where we are trying to drive towards is the understanding that being disempowered, the negative feelings is coming because either I am not, either I'm relying on the wrong things to make me happy everything going exactly as I expected, material success, um, or any other success that is sort of self-focused. And if, you, if, you, if you've been around long enough to remember the self-determination theory episodes that we spoke about, you remember that we spoke about what would be like the authentic approach towards satisfying our psychological needs and the in inauthentic way of doing it. So the authentic, the right way of satisfying our needs of significance is to give. The, the wrong way is to take. And taking doesn't mean when it comes to significance, something physical. It's ego, arrogance, honor. It's always running after that because you're constantly taking significance. People that are walk into a room and suck the energy out of a room, they do it not because they're trying to, they do it because there's such need for significance. They don't have that faith in themselves that they're going to get it by a natural, normal way of being of value. So they suck it out. They take it from people. They dominate the conversation. They tell stories that are really sort of like ways to get them to pray. You, I, I, I mean, my kids told me that like, I'm the greatest mom ever. Like, I'm like, stop it. I'm not, stop it. But like, you know, they keep on insisting that like, I don't know. Like, that's what they say. You know, it just happens to be. Last month when I was able, like the CEO called me in and said, this whole company is in need of you. And like, I, I was like, no, really, no, really. But you know, it's like, it sucks out the energy of who is more. People buy things for the only reason and then just to gain significance. And so that way of taking, whether it's through the emotional feelings of the need for honor to satisfy our psychological need of significance, the attention that we're grabbing in order to satisfy our need of connection, the materialism that we want. These are all, I'm not judging them. I'm just saying these are things that are not making us happy. So when we pursue them in an unadulterated way, we never end up being happy. The person that works their, their hardest to buy the thing that's going to get everyone to look at them isn't happy with the thing. They look happy because they have to, but they're not really happy because 
the thing is not satisfying them. Just potato chips won't satisfy your need. You don't eat potatoes before you go on a marathon because your body doesn't get nourished through them. But it's more than that. It's that if we're not, if we don't have our, if, if we're not even playing offense, if we're just waiting around to feel happy, then the negativity will feel very different. If we just wait around and hope that we feel happy in the morning, we're not going to because in a regular day, there's there's positives and negatives. There are things that go right and things that go wrong. There are things that work out the way you want and things that don't work out the way you want. That's the regular day. It's an ebb and flow. And so your brain will always incline towards the negative. You see people all the time like this. They'll always incline on what's wrong with their lives. They'll, they don't have a real sense of what's right. They're just so focused on what's wrong. And they think that if they stop focusing on what's wrong, they're not going to fix it. So just doing nothing isn't helping either. Unless this, you're like naturally inclined towards happiness. If you're just like a regular human being going through the world and you're just like following along because you were put into an environment that created their own little micro trophies, you'll be like regular. You're not going to be happy. You're not going to, maybe you will be, but like not necessarily. You're not going to necessarily wake up in the morning feeling empowered. And if you're not empowered, you're not going to move your body towards being successful. And then the cycle will just flow downward. And you want to why? Because you're not doing anything that's right and wrong. It's not like you're like, you know, addicted to drugs and now you're going high and low. You're just regular. But just being regular is not enough. We're not putting this world to be regular. We're putting this world to be great. And greatness is work. And happiness is something that you have to bring on yourself. You have to take responsibility for your emotional happiness. It's nobody else's fault. If you're 15 years old and you're mad at your parents because they're not making you happy, you're doing the wrong thing. Take responsibility for your happiness. And if you're 55 and you're still waiting for somebody else to make you happy, it ain't happening. Yeah, you'll get a couple of good days, but it ain't happening. It's not how it works. We got to take responsibility for our own emotional happiness. And we do that by turning up gratitude in a very significant way to the point in which we overwhelm our minds with joy because we appreciate what we have. When we do that, we now create a context in which we can start to go out into the world. And when we go out into the world already positively inclined, already able to deal with challenges, because in the context, the challenge isn't as big as a, of a deal when you're increasing joy in everything. You walk down the street and you're already training your brain to appreciate the nice day. And then you miss the train, God forbid, for those of you who are train goers, or especially if you're like... Long Island Railroad train goer is not like a subway. Either way, if, you, if you've appreciated the day on your walk, the train missing is a different feeling than if you just are out to lunch until the train comes. It's not in context. But once you get context, all that's really doing for you is it's putting you in a position to be more successful. Do you see how this works? Do you see why success is working? Because success really comes in your ability to overwhelm the environment in front of you with you, to assert your ability on the challenge in front of you. 
Success comes by getting the ball and driving down the, the, the field with the defense up. Success doesn't mean that everyone stops playing. Success means there's a challenge going on, but you got to be in the headspace for challenge. The headspace of challenge begins by at least putting it in context and increasing the positivity so that you have the ability to access your power in a way that's empowered. If you're negative, you're not going to perform. You're negative. You're not performing if you're negative. Anyone here played competitive sports before? If you think you're going to lose, you're going to lose. You can be aware of the challenge in front of you, but you have to have the confidence and the excitement to go out and try. That was the research that we said a while ago through Adam Grant. When someone's nervous, he's supposed to say, I'm excited. Not, I'm not nervous. It's normal to be nervous. It's just you have to shift the thinking to excitement. And it's the excitement that drives you to success. It's the excitement that puts you on the stage. It's the excitement that gets you up in the morning to deal with your family. It's the excitement that gets you through the fact that you have a kid that just will not listen, who's driving you insane, who seems completely ungrateful, and you have to keep at it because you're the parent. You're not going to keep at it if every time that kid walks into your purview, you're ready to kill him. It's only, you're only, you're only going to help that kid is if you take a deep breath, get up and fight that challenge again. If you're looking for your, for your spouse, you're looking for your, for your dating and you're in an environment that's uncomfortable, you got to keep at it with excitement to make sure you're seeing the right things and pushing through the right things in uncomfortable scenarios. But that now means that when we get to a challenge, it's how we deal with that challenge that's going to be determining as whether we're going we're gonna to win or we're going to lose. That little micro battle, forget life, just that micro battle, that one moment, whether we can think of something or not. I was watching this documentary of Entebbe. I happened to be a little bit obsessed with Israeli commando raids. I'm watching the documentary on Entebbe. And if you, for those who remember Entebbe, I think it was 1976. Is that right? It was one of the greatest rescue raids of all time. Israeli, Israeli soldiers, Israeli commandos. With, I mean, you got to understand this. The Israeli commandos flew eight hours, half of the which was under the radar screens with these massive sort of um, helicopter planes that can bring thousands of people because they're rescuing Jews that they don't even know. It's awesome. A bunch of terrorists mess with the Jewish people and finally, listen, God runs the world. A bunch of Jews get up from their safety from Israel and fly across the world to save them, killing the terrorists and saving the Jews. It's an incredible story. If you haven't seen it, in the past five years, Google Entebbe and watch it. It's phenomenal. Hercules planes, right? And, and what, what's so incredible in watching this thing is they're nervous like heck, but there's a certain excitement that they have. And, and that's the excitement that allows them to improvise. So one of the things they had to do, which is incredible, is they had to prepare for every eventuality. So meanwhile, they're flying basically down through Israel, through the Red Sea, you know, down, you know, between Jordan and Saudi Arabia, all the way to Entebbe. And they had to land on an airstrip. They couldn't land in the water because the water was filled with alligators. They had to land, but the airstrip was controlled by the Entebbe airport. So what were they going to do? So it's amazing. They had to figure out how to land without light in the middle of the night or, or in, in the night. They had to prepare for that. 
Like that's checkpoint. And by the way, just to throw a little, this all had to be done within 48 hours because the terrorists said, if you don't start releasing terrorists, we're going to start killing Jews within 48 hours. This wasn't like they had like a month to prep. And just for the record, I mean, most people that are in this room, I think are like 20 year olds, right? Before the era of GPS. So they invented within 24 hours, they invented, it's just to listen to these words that I'm saying, and you will understand the secret to becoming great. Just listen to how this works. This is the example of what we're trying to drive towards. They invented a way of trying to land an aircraft by radio signals based on the, the, the density of the, of the ground. It had to be something that could land an airport, an airplane without seeing. They invented this technology within 48 hours. You understand the sight, the incredibleness of this? Why? How? There is, in a, there is an excitement. There is a purpose. There is a meaning towards these commandos. I'm telling you, you got to watch this. The, so, and by the way, it gets even better. It's, it's, it's so worth it. Listen to the story. I'm not saying it. I'm not digressing. I'm giving you the example. So they invent this sonic, thank you, Nero, who's out there giving me the, the, the feedback. They invent this sonic um, mechanism that lands these Hercules planes. And now they got to test it out because the government's not sending these commandos out to die. So they find the one pilot, because at that time, only Israelis that flew planes were flying F-16s. They were fighter pilots. By the way, this is in the 1970s, right? Israel's, Israel, wasn't, Israel was created in the 1940s. Understand this. And in the 1940s, there were no pilots. The people that flew planes in the 1948 Independence War weren't Israelis. They were English. They were American, Christians, Jews. We're talking about, we're talking about 30 years. We're talking about, it's a minute. So they, all they know how to do is fly F-16s. There's one guy that got trained on Hercules planes. He's at a wedding. He's at a wedding. They pull him out of a wedding, the head of the Air Force. They put him in the thing. They give him this new technology. And now the guy's like flying an airplane in the Israel, trying to prove to the Israeli government that it's safe enough, even though it's not safe enough, so they can take 15 or 20 guys across the world for the craziest mission ever that may likely have them all killed. And he's flanning the plane. And, and, and he's, he's on this documentary that I'm watching and he's saying to himself, listen to this thing, he's saying, my grandfather was in Auschwitz. I'm sorry, my father was in Auschwitz. There was a time where when the Jews were in need, there was nobody physical, and God runs the world, nobody physical, nobody out there to save them. I'm on this side now. There's a Jew in need. I, I got to do this. Fear, definitely. Anxiety, nerves, challenge, all of it. Why are they so successful? Because there's a certain purpose to this challenge. There's a certain need. There's something that's propelling them forward. It's not a negativity of we're going to lose. There's a positive, even though real, feeling of we're doing something that's going to be meaningful that's going to shift the course of history for how Jews take care of Jews. That's going to give honor to my father, who is an Auschwitz survivor. It's insane. And the guy lands it and they let them go. Or actually lands it, they don't even let them go. 
they take off anyways, waiting for approval. They got approval to do the mission halfway into the mission. And forget, I'm not going to get into the Entebbe mission because we can do that maybe another time. Because the lessons is life. The best part of that story or one of the best parts of that story. So on the way back, this, this pilot on the way back that ends up doing maneuvers that save Jews and they forget it. They refill in Nairobi. He flies back and he, he flies low. So that at that point, everybody knew because the news broke and Israelis are outside waving to him. And he says the end of this story is he goes to his father's apartment and he tells his father this story and he can see in his father's eyes, this like feeling of what, what we just went out and saved Jews. Like this feeling of like, I was in the house in Auschwitz and my son, it was so incredible to listen to it as a ch- grandchild of Holocaust survivors, as a fan of the Israeli army, as a believer in God and the turn of history. But, but the point for this conversation is that the way we achieve success is the way we approach our challenges not the challenge that's in front of us. It's the approach to the challenge. It's the excitement with which to engage in the challenge. It's the inability to go down because it's hard. It's the recognition that what's inside me is greater than what's outside me. And I have to keep on trying and fighting and figuring and trying and fighting and figuring. This really command that didn't have a precedent for flying across the world and landing in, an, in, a, in a military airbase to kill terrorists and save 100 plus Jews? What? It's this excitement to engage in challenge. That's, in my opinion, why the, the, the studies, the academic studies are saying that it is the happiness that leads to the success because it is the happiness that increases your excitement, your ability to play, your ability to be willing to withstand the negativities of challenge, the hopelessness that's in front of you. All of the things that knock us down, you can't deal with if you come in from a negative stance. You can't deal with challenge if you're already half negative. You can't deal with challenge if you need it to work out for your own significance. You have to walk into challenge positive. You have to win into walking with challenge excited. That means you have to flood yourself with positivity. You have to change your relationship to things because if you don't do that and you come to challenge and challenge throws at you negatives, challenge throws at you things that you didn't expect, challenge throws at you things that can knock you down. If you don't come at it with a certain resistance, you're going to get knocked down. But if you do, now you're in the, in the headspace. Doesn't mean that you float through challenge. Doesn't mean that you avoid challenge. That's not how greatness is. It's that when you're in the headspace of being grateful for what you have, being able to understand all the positive things in your life, and then when you approach challenge from the perspective of, this is how I'm going to be great. I can't predict the future. I don't know what's going to be. I don't know if this is good or bad for me. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. It's the illusion of validity. This is what I got. Let's stop spending half of my energy projecting of why I got it for and how come he doesn't have it and how come she didn't do this? How come they don't have that kid and how come he doesn't have any money issues and how come he doesn't have the spouse does this and or the future? It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Oh my gosh. I'm like, here's where you are. Take your excitement 
nerves, okay? Go at it. Go at it positively. Go see what you can do. Go see what you can accomplish. Don't worry about what it's going to be. That's it. Once you get that frame and you go through your life and you deal micro challenge with micro challenge with a positive energy, with a perspective of I'm strong enough, once you begin that process, you're going to find things that you didn't, you didn't know was there before. That's what greatness is. It's not winning. It's evolving. It's not what you get. It's what you become. The greatest story about Entebbe wasn't that they saved the Jews. That was great. It wasn't that they saved Jews. Is that the Israeli army told the world, you don't mess with us anymore. You don't, no, you don't mess with us anymore. You see a Jew, you don't mess with Jews no more. Because you mess with a Jew, we're going to come for you. We're coming for you. No, no, no. You don't just beat us up and, and laugh. You know, this is a Nazi Germany. We're coming for you. And we're not scared. We're the Jewish people now. Yeah, we have guns and we can shoot them. It set a message to the state of Israel, to the, to the world of the reach and the innovation and in the genuity of other Jews that care about Jews. That's so much great. Every life is the, is the whole world. But that's what we mean you can become in our own way. That's what we're fighting for. That's what we're fighting for. We're fighting to be people that look at challenge and go, what are you kidding me? You know who you're talking to? I'm going at you. I'm not hiding in the corner from challenge. I'm not hiding in the corner from a little less money and a tough child and a tough man, whatever. When you approach it with a sense of happiness and you come at it, the game changes. But there's another piece to this. We'll talk tomorrow about it. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for allowing me to share my love the Israeli army. Okay, everybody, have an incredible day. And with God's help, we'll talk about this again tomorrow. We got a lot more to get into. Thanks so much for being here with God's help. I can't wait to see you again tomorrow.